Hello and welcome to the Flix Forum podcast, where each episode we go back and we look at a Netflix original film in the order of release. This episode, we have Netflix 212th film from 2020. It's the team romantic drama, All the Bright Places. Directed by Brett Haley, it stars Elle Fanning, Justice Smith, Alexandra Ship, Ali O'Hara, Lamar Johnson, Virginia Gardner, Felix Millard, Sophia Hazmik, Egan Michael Key, and Luke Wilson. I'm Jesse, and I'm with MJ. How are you? I'm very, very well. How are you? Ah, good. I'm happy to happy to see you. Happy to talk about this one. I've been waiting all week to talk about it, so I'm very excited. I think it's going to be one of those ones that's going to be good to talk about too. I hope so. I hope so. So we do start our show off with the fast flick, but we do have a quick summary about the film. Let's put a spoiler alert out there before we talk about this film. So if you haven't seen this film and are interested, give us a pause, come back later on because we're going to spoil it. So that leads us, give us your quick summary about this one. Fast flicks for this movie is a guy attempts to wrestle his classmate out of a funk after her sister dies in a car accident. I like that. That's straight to the point, which is really good. Um, I've just said it's a class project bringing together two unlikely teams with more to be learned than just the schoolwork. Cool class project too. Like I'd, I'd be happy to do something like that in like the, the more senior years of high school. That seems pretty chill. Yeah, excellent. So, um, yeah, what else can you sort of tell us I guess, about this one? And well, two sex. Unsurprisingly, two sex. yep. All right. So, what can what did you learn about the film? So, based on a novel, as once you start watching it, you kind of get that that real sort of you know that teen angst kind of novel feel to it. So, uh, the book itself was called All the Bright Places, just like the film, written by Jennifer Neven. Um, so, basically, she. Jennifer Neven, the author, said that she found inspiration to write this book after having, she calls it, the privilege of knowing and falling in love with a boy who had bipolar disorder. So that, that's kind of the basis of why she wanted to write the film in the first, or write the novel, sorry, in the first place. Um, in July 2015 was when it was first announced. July 2015, so bear with me, that's, that's quite a while ago. Mm. That's when they announced that Al Fanning was going to star in this movie. Uh, we knew that the author Jennifer Neven was going to be adapting that screenplay. Apparently, Al Fanning was actually reportedly cast for this film five months prior to the book even coming out, which is super cool. Mm. So Jennifer Neven actually said that Al Fanning was kind of her first choice to play Violet. So when she's writing this book and writing this story, that she had Al Fanning in her head. Um, so let's fast forward like three years. So nothing happens for quite a while. And then the next thing we hear about it is when they've announced Justice Smith to join the cast. Uh, they also had Brett Haley coming on as director and Liz Hanna was co-writing the script with Jennifer Neven. So Justice Smith announcement caused a little bit of controversy with fans due to his lack of similarity with the character that was portrayed in the book. Obviously, I haven't read the book, but they weren't too happy. Um, I think there was one point where Jennifer Neven said that Nicholas Holt was her first choice to play to play Finch. She put a poll up as well on Twitter uh, of the the five or six guys that came up on the poll. They're all sort of young, white, handsome, <laughs> brown hair kind of guys, which which must have just been matches the, the exact book. Same I think it matches the book. Yeah. Character. yeah, exactly right. So there's a bit of uproar, but obviously someone like me watching this film with absolutely no context, no, um, the casting seems great. Um, so. Uh, Echo Lake Entertainment and Film Nation were the producers of this film. 
uh, in October of 2018 is when it was first announced that Netflix was going to distribute it. Uh, and the principal photography began that same month that was shot in Ohio. And then it was, uh, then it was released on February 28, 2020 uh, via Netflix worldwide. And, uh, and that's how we saw this film. Love it. Yeah. I, I think it was released on the 8th of Feb, just in Japan and South Korea on Netflix. So maybe they were like, oh, we'll get in before Valentine's Day um, and get it on. But yeah, obviously uh, a Netflix original, that's why we've got it. And um, again, this is one of those films that must be this time of the, the year where this is another one of those films that made that reframe award top hundred popular narrative feature film list as well. Okay. So um, yeah, interesting there. Uh, only other thing I'll add, I guess, is that obviously this film does cover some pretty um, important issues, but some, some sensitive issues too. And Netflix sort of acknowledged after 13 reasons why one of their um, very popular TV shows that, you know, they had a few issues with that. So when working on this film, they um, they provided a network of mental health professionals um, to consult at each stage of production throughout the film. So um, the quote from the director was that they ran the script um, by these professionals, talked to them in pre-production about the message that they were putting forth, um, and they made sure they weren't depicting anything in a dangerous way or that could be triggering. Um, and there was a lot of conversation about what the film was about and saying how they were going to say that too. So to support this too. Netflix actually set up like an official website for the film, um, which is all the bright places, film.info, which literally has links and information about the film for, for further support. So good on Netflix for, for taking that approach with this film, I think. For sure. And it shows how serious they are about the reasoning behind making a film like this as well. I agree. Um, translations around the world. This one had so many. Couldn't believe it. Couldn't believe oh, how cool. many there were. There's some goodies. There's some goodies. So let's, let's, let's go through it. So... <laughs> Argentina. It was Violet and Finch. That's all right. The two main characters. That's fine. Basically, yeah. that's all right. Brazil. It was just called Buy Amazing Places. In Bulgaria, it was called All Our Locations. <laughs> in, <laughs> in Egypt, it was A Bit of Hope. It's in okay. Uh, okay. In Finland, it was One Perfect Day. I'm not hundred percent sure that. Oh, that's um, yeah. That's that's all right. <laughs> um, in France, it was all our perfect days. So I guess they, they took that perfect day and ran with it a little bit, like changed sure. the context a little bit. Um, in Germany, it was all the damn perfect days. <laughs> in, <laughs> in Hungary, it was with you. doesn't give you any context at all. Um, okay. In Italy, it was tell me about a perfect day. In Japan, <laughs> it was the most wonderful thing. In God. Norway, it was days with blue skies which is interesting okay. um not, in russia it was all happy places i'm not 100 percent sure that's the the right translation for the word bright um mm. in sweden it was called like stars in the night <laughs> which i thought was uh yeah funny um taiwan it was the brilliant time in life in turkey it was on the edge of life the united arab emirates it was a bit of hope and in vietnam it was called the beautiful day so a big variety of titles across the world okay I mean, let's the think about on. it, right? All the bright places is obviously a play on words, yep. play on words with bright and right. So as soon as you start to translate that to another language, it's completely gone. It so it. they're kind of running rogue with it. Yeah, exactly. Um, so trans uh, the tagline. You said the tagline for this one? No, I did not. It was live life at full brightness. Oh, yeah. Which I, don't, I don't mind. That's all right with the title. Yeah. Yep, I agree. Um, all right, well, well the... Critics and audiences saying about this film. 
It is sitting at 6.5 out of 10 on IMDb, and that's off 32,000 ratings. So it's pretty, pretty honest, pretty healthy, pretty solid. You'd be happy with that. A bit lower on Letterboxd, but not terrible. It's 2.9 out of 5. Nearly 78,000 ratings on Letterboxd. And I actually thought it was noteworthy that nearly 6,000 of those were five-star ratings. If you, if you had a look at the graph when it spat it out, there was, it was a bit um, abnormal in terms of the, the five stars. It had a big chunk there. So there were people that absolutely adored this movie. And like on Letterboxd, that's the amount of people that gave it a rating. It's actually it's been Correct. logged by 116,000 people. Like actually logged as being watched, so over a hundred thousand people. We should get start talking about that. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I mean, that's that's add an extra thirty, nearly forty thousand people that have actually gone on Letterboxd and said, "Yep, I've watched, watched it." So it's pretty impressive. Yeah, um, exactly. Rotten Tomatoes, it's fresh. It's at sixty-five percent. It's on forty reviews, um, so not certified. Yep. The audience similar, sixty-one percent on more than two fifty. So overall, sits in that middle range of some people are probably going to hate it, some people are going to love it. Which in the 200 odd films that we've done on Netflix originals, that sits in the higher echelon of some of these <laughs> films. So Netflix got to be happy. So true. Well, what are your early thoughts on this one? My, look, this, this movie did make me feel quite a lot. There are a lot of emotions going on watching this film. Um, and I actually really liked it. I, I think there's a lot to take out of it in terms of the way you look at life, the way you look at other people the way that you interact and, and react and, and judge and that sort of constant search for why we're here or understanding what we're afraid of or what makes us tick, all that kind of stuff that we all think about in our head 24-7 without even knowing we're doing it. I think it's, it's really beautiful in some ways. It's obviously it's, it's heartbreaking and, and tragic in, in, in other ways. Um, I, thought, I thought Justice Smith was brilliant. I haven't really enjoyed him from what I've seen him in so far. So I wasn't excited to see him in the role. I thought he was really, really good. I thought Al Fanning was, was hard work. And obviously I'm, I'm keen to sort of chat with you about this once we start talking about characters, but yeah, this, this was a big tick for me. Yeah. I'm saying bloody love this movie. Thought it was great. Um, remind me of a walk to remember just when I was a, sort of a team. That's the one movie I thought, I know it's a little bit different, but that is the one thing that came to mind for me too. Yeah. And I absolutely love that movie too. So I think it is perfectly put to, well, like, together really well. Uh, it's emotional, done really nicely. I think it's the, the kind of young adult film that Netflix should be making all the time. Yep, I'll, I'll, I'll vouch for that. So characters, I guess we talk about characters. This is interesting because we've got our two mains and that's really all I want to talk about, to be honest. I don't know about you, but they're, they're, yep. they're, this is literally their film. Like whatever country it was, what country was it in Argentina? Violet and Finch, I think. That's what this film's yeah. about. Um, hit us off. Well, yeah, I'm actually keen. I reckon I'm going to have some differing thoughts to you after hearing you say that, which is going to be interesting. I'm going to start with 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 Finch, Theodore Finch, because to me, he, he, this is. I know everyone, you know, the whole sort of violence thing. This is this is more his movie, and this is just the way that I I reacted to the film. I thought this was obviously a very complicated character that was covered really, really well. They do a really good job of keeping some mystery behind him throughout the first half of the film. And you're focused at that time so hard on Violet. And his sort of start of the story doesn't feel important. But for me, I was always kind of left wanting more, which was good because I was excited by the fact that I knew I was going to get some more about his backstory and figure out what's actually going on with him. So he's got this sort of charismatic, smart-arsy exterior. But he's obviously a guy who is going through hell and he's trying to do whatever he can do to stay afloat. He was dealing with so much mentally and they obviously don't 
specify the labels in this film. Watching the film, you know, I kind of assume that he's he's got bipolar disorder. Um, after reading upon the, the inspiration for the for the book itself, you assume that is definitely the case. But regardless, like you you, you can imagine that whatever is going on, it, it's it's probably stemming from this abusive father and unsettled family life that he's he's kind of got no idea if he's ever going to be able to turn off these apparent blackouts that he experiences. You have to imagine that he keeps sinking into this deeper and deeper depression that he doesn't even know if he still exists when he's down in that hole. And that's just a horrible thing to, to go through. So he remembers very little about his dad and he kind of wants to know if there's any reasoning behind the way his dad treated him. Because maybe if he can figure out why his dad was this abusive asshole then he could find a solution to his own woes. You mean you, you must be thinking like, my dad was a terrible person. I've got these really bad thoughts and feelings. I've obviously got what he's got. Can we fix it? And then he sort of gets to a point where um, he's too proud to ask for help. He's not really divulging his problems to anybody. And because of all this, he's, he's basically, he's really lonely. He's this super lonely guy going through these battles, completely unassisted. He's totally unequipped to combat them. And it's a really tragic tale because throughout this film, all he wants to do is make somebody else feel good because he understands the pain that they're going through and he wants to do everything he can to fix that. And that's, 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 they do such a great job of making this character feel really real. Yeah, realness. That's, that's it. And I, I can't, like, I don't know what else to add because you couple that off really, really well. I think that conversation he has with his sister, at, I think it was at her work, where like you were speaking, mentioning yeah. about, you know, dad and all that sort of stuff. And I think that was sort of the, like, he just wanted her to have the answer and she didn't have the answer. She's like, you know, you're, you're who you are. Dad was who he was. And it's not because of you of that. And I think that almost based on whatever he was suffering from that, that wasn't enough for him at that time. And that's where it sort of yeah. um, continued to spiral downward. And, and yeah, it's because he was prior to his confused and damaged is, is this kid that, um, you know, he's on his last chance at school, um, having to see that counsellor too. You, you can only imagine the sort of things that had happened at school and in his life prior to, you know, we got that little glimpse of the dad beating up on him, but like what else happened to him before this film? Um, because, it, you know, that nickname, The Freak as well, um, mm-hmm. obviously there's a lot of bad memories. And like you said, that that idea of him wanting to do something nice for someone was just really nice. And, and I, I did like to see some of the strategies that we saw him use as a character to deal with his anger, um, that loss of control that he felt like the sticky notes, the running, the listening mm. to the music, the zoning out in the water, those sorts of things. And, and I think that that was all done nicely too, because when you needed some explanation for that missing at times, what, what was he doing? What was he going on? Was he like, you know, was he going on runs? Was he hiding out under the water? What was he doing? Because he needed to be able to, uh, to put together those, those, those feelings and emotions and not take them out on someone else. And that was his easiest way was to isolate himself and deal with it himself. And yet these are things that he's taught himself, basically. That's mm. the thing. He's doing this so alone and, and they seem like fine techniques, but how much better would it be if he actually had some support to help him through maybe better ways to deal with it. And that's what, that's the saddest thing. Um, but um, we should move on to Violet. Um and this is, this is, I guess, where I change my tune a little bit. The target audience for this story is most likely, you know, young girls, young women, right? So invariably watching this film, they're going to be putting themselves in Violet's shoes to some extent, like ignoring the backstory um, of obviously the fact that her 
sister just passed away. But the, the idea of being misunderstood girl in high school uh, and you're bringing in this biggest suite of people who can relate to this character, right? So in this case, Finch is the guy who's kind of shaking you out of your funk. And he's the guy who could potentially be your love interest. And that all adds up and that'll make sense. But for me, watching this film as a, as a straight male, I see myself more in Finch's shoes. And from that perspective, they don't make Violet desirable at all. So when the pair do get together, the majority of the audience are probably rejoicing because like, yes, we finally got the guy. Whereas I'm watching going, I have no idea where that came from. I genuinely, and this is so naive when I think back what film I'm actually watching. I got to a point where I'm like, oh, this is cool because this is not a romantic film. This is two friends coming together to help each other. And when the romantic stuff happened, it, it really knocked me out because I wasn't expecting it and it didn't fit, it didn't feel right. Because she's just, she's such hard work with, with good reason, of course, because she's gone through so much, but she's mopey, she's rude, she's standoffish. She very rarely thinks or cares about anybody else rather than herself. And that's okay because she's been through so much and, and that doesn't, that doesn't make it a character that I'm interested in. That's the only problem. So she breaks out of her rut a little bit, but probably not enough for me to really get on board. I mean, don't get me wrong. She's been through so much, particularly by the end of the film, you take your hat off to the way she handles it and she can accept it. But I do stand by the fact that she's just such a tough hang. So I can sympathize with her, but I have no real interest in watching say another movie about her because this one just, doesn't do anything for me as a character that makes me interested in her. That's and that sounds really harsh, but that's how I felt watching the movie. No, I, I think that's good. Like it was definitely a part of me at the start. And I was like, why is he trying so hard with her? Because she's given him absolutely donuts back, been nothing but horrible to him. But me thinking through that, I was like, that's him recognizing himself in her and him wanting someone to have done the same thing for him. So I get why they had to have her so standoffish towards him. But yeah, at the same time, it's really hard to want to get on board with the romantic connection because it, it, it maybe felt a little bit out there but in saying that i once once they had that first kiss yeah. i was like oh cool i'm i'm in now like i'm in i'm into them having some happiness in their life because you got bookends of pretty deep and dark stuff it was just nice to see them actually enjoying some moments in their life um you know enjoying those bright places and th those bright places for them at that time mm. included a little bit of romance um and it, yeah like you mentioned that that trauma that you know obviously happened with her sister in the car accident and i thought that the, the fear of her getting back into a car was done really well i think that mm. the obviously the idea of depression and, and struggling with all situations in life and more often than not it happened to to be with communication with finch but um you know i felt like finch he did bring her back to life a little bit um that mini roller coaster was sort of like that moment where i thought ah oh, this is all gonna turn she was gonna freak out and it surprised me i was like <laughs> me too when she actually got up and was like, that was cool. She was, it was like, she's reborn. She's ready to go. And I, and I liked that. I thought yeah. that was cool. Um, yeah. All right. I think that's about it for okay. the characters. The rest are all just sort of uh, sides to, to their story, realistically. Um, but we can talk about the director, Brett Haley. What, what did yeah. you find out about Brett? Brett's directed a few features. The only one that I've actually seen that he's directed is is The Hero, starring Sam Elliott, which I which I enjoyed, uh, and I enjoyed this. Similar sort of vibes in the talking about more about the what's going on in someone's head and the emotional journey and turmoil that they go through. So I can see you know why why both of them might have worked. But apart from that, I actually didn't didn't know much of his stuff. Same, yeah, the Sam Elliott Hero. That was the only one that I. Heard of, hadn't seen it, um, but looking, the, there's another Netflix original from 2020 that was released after this um, called All Together Now. So 
through Netflix originals right. from Brett in one year, which is interesting. Well, they they done all right with this one. So I mean, they would have actually committed to that one before this before. one was successful. So I'll uh, I'll stop saying that sentence. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. Fill us in on some scenes that you like in this one, then some moments that you enjoyed. Yeah, there's there's a few. I think the the opening scene was really attention grabbing. Um, just seeing Violet standing on a bridge. The movie had been going for less than a minute, and that's what you walk into. And I like the fact that it didn't mess around. And this is what we're talking about. This is the movie that you're watching, so you might as well get on board straight away. I thought that was done pretty well. Um, I like this initially. So when they go to Indiana's highest point, uh, the idea of leaving those little artifacts behind. I thought that was a really cool thing in general. And then as it as it sort of happened more and more, I, I did just love the fact that Finch kind of left a part of him wherever he wanted. And it even is sort of highlighted by the, the final scene where you read his I was here thing in the book. He's kind of doing his own I was here wherever he went, uh, leaving that statement. And I think there's something romantic and, and almost lyrical about that, which, which works really nicely. And that sort of ties in as well with the, the before I die wall, you know, that idea where they sort of, never really speak to each other that whole time and i think his was obviously stay awake which we didn't know the true meaning to at the time and hers was to be brave which was was quite obvious but i thought that was really strong um change of <laughs> change of tone a little bit but i thought it was very funny when he was searching for the keys in the bush after he yeah. did. <laughs> i appreciate that they didn't, they didn't just ignore that like the fact that he just turfed the keys i was like they better you know acknowledge the fact that he has just booted his keys <laughs> like so i thought that was well it was done. a funny quick little cut and then you mentioned it was it was like three or four seconds but it's like no this movie is very aware of what it's trying to do so i appreciated that and as you said the roller coaster scene was nice i was exactly the same as you i was holding my breath for her to have this breakdown um and it was just so refreshing to see her smile and laugh i thought that was such a turning point of this film because everything that led up to it was like this is the moment where things are going all right and bang, we realise that this trauma is still front and centre for her. And it went away. So I thought that was excellent. Um, Finch's death scene. Um, I, I was not expecting him to die. I just wasn't. And I was just waiting and waiting. And I, they did that so well with the ability, his ability to hold his breath. And they yeah. show before he's done it before. I'm like, hey, he's just going to pop up or he's going to walk up behind her and be like, hey, why are you yelling at Or Mark, she yells at Mark, are you going to hit Paul? I did it so many times where you're like, oh, this is the chance for him to come back. And it was brutal. It was, it like took my breath away. I'll be perfectly honest. It, it really, it really got me. I thought it was really, really powerful. Um, and it just showed that the movie was very serious about the issues that it was tackling, um, which I really appreciated. And I think in a corny sort of way, her final speech did help me get on board with her a little bit to see that she has come full circle with his, with his help and that she is coping all right, despite the fact that she can add another trauma to that list. Um, I thought it was pretty nice, pretty powerful, and, and it said all the right things that I wanted to hear at the time. So there's a lot there that I liked in this movie. Yeah, it's usually you come to like three, so I'm, I'm glad that we had um, <laughs> more than that. Um, I, got, I got some similar ones, some different ones, I think. The the start with Finch going home with his sister there saying, you know, dinner's there for your mum's not coming home. And it's like a quick cut to Violet and it shows the difference between the families where they're sitting around, she's sitting with both parents around the table. And it's also that idea of the trauma that they're both facing in different instances, like absent family, both instances of different varying parts of the family. I thought that was a nice little start to the film. Um, no, it's true. I, I liked, 
I, I don't know why. I, I liked when Finch like tagged Violet on Instagram with that song saying "Call Me" sort of thing. I thought that was a really, <laughs> really cool pickup move. Um, I thought that was that was clever. He's um, a ballsy dude, didn't he? Yeah, he sure was. He went after whatever he wanted. Um, yeah, he did. There's like a small shot just in the middle, like or towards the start of the film, where you, you see Violet's sister's room, and you know, like closes that door, and then at the end you just have that shot of a door opening. I just really thought that was really symbolic and really nice to show us where she'd come. The chalk wall that you spoke about too, the things to do before I die, thought that was great too. Won't add anything further to that. Uh, the other humorous moment, apart from the keys, I, I thought uh, the counselor finishes with his counselor and has a go at him for using knockoff post-it notes. I thought that was really funny. Um, I thought that was, a, yeah. that was a cool little line. And that final presentation, there are a few, a few things I've read that was like, what sort of teacher makes a kid still finish the project when your partner's died? Um, <laughs> so pretty, pretty ordinary teacher, but... Uh, I, that. No, like let's not say that they made her. Like she might have wanted to. Wanted to. Um, I thought that presentation, like the bright places and even dark times, like I was welling up. That was that really got me. That last scene, very emotional. Um, yeah. Oh man, I welled up when he when he when I realized that he was actually dead. That got me. Yeah. Was there anything that you didn't like in this? So, the first thing I'm going to say, I'm very very petty. It did annoy me. This is a guy who runs a lot. And I know the reason from running wasn't to get fit, but he never ran in appropriate clothing. Like I just wish <laughs> like, at one point he was wearing like Converse sneakers and um, like, you just couldn't get to the end of the street without being really uncomfortable by that point. So they, they could have done a little bit better with that. I, I get the idea behind it. Um, tiny, tiny little. Um, yeah, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I got to say this again, the, the kiss, the romance in this, I think you, you can omit the romance in this film and you don't actually lose anything because this connection they made is still very real. Um, but I think it, it kind of opens it up a little bit more. It becomes more universal about being there for somebody regardless of whether there is a romantic connection. Because then there is that, that level of, uh, was he just kind of, like, I don't believe this is the case because of who the character is, but is, there, is he kind of trying to court her from the very start? Which I certainly don't think he was. I think they built that connection, but um, I just don't think it, it added much to the film. And as I said, when it happened, I was just like, what? Like, why is he kissing her? I hear there's no, there's no reason for her to, you know, be that desirable. So that really got me a little bit. Um, and then <laughs> there was a situation, I think it was before they jumped in the water the first time. And, uh, and he says, like, what are you most afraid of? And her answer was being ordinary. And I just don't think that was her real answer. Like, <laughs> I think it fit really nicely because it was a good excuse to like, oh, you don't want to be ordinary? Let's just do something. Let's go out there and live our lives. I don't think that was what her biggest fear was. It sounded really good and it fit really well at the time, but it didn't actually make sense with anything else that she was doing or saying. So, yeah. um, The only thing, and this is probably going to be just as petty as the, the running gear, <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't deal with Finch's chest hair. That, that just oh, yeah. really, really annoyed me. Um, I think it's very twice, true. Like, yeah, yeah. It just was, I don't know, really off-putting. Um, yeah, and we should it. be body shaming. <laughs> no, um, no, I'm not trying to body shame. It just, I don't know. I was just, uh, <laughs> yeah, teenage kid who's yeah. still in high school that's got that amount of chest hair. Um, yeah. <laughs> it just didn't, yep. it just made me, made him appear a lot more older than he was supposed to be. So that, I think that's what the yeah, issue was. I'm supposed to be believing this is a 17-year-old. And he's got the the chest of a thirty year old. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Wow, um, that was it. That's good for you. That was it. 
That's not bad for me. Themes, ideas. What was it trying to say? Oh, man, I kind of touched it before. It's all saying so much. A lot of them all are intertwined about how you want to live your life. But um, on a bigger scale, I think it really does, and hopefully does, people who watch this think of the idea of helping helping each other through pain, you know, recognizing that someone is going through something and being there to help them. And on the flip side, if you are the person that's in that position, don't be afraid to ask for help or, or you know, the consequences of what can happen. If you, if you are afraid to ask for help, um, in general, that all kind of ties down to this idea of being, let's just be a little bit kinder. Let's just treat people a little bit better. How nice would that be if we could do that all the time? And um, there is obviously a big, big story about mental health here. And if we can in some way understand the dangers of mental health a little bit better, then we're all going to be better off. And this movie doesn't really pull any punches in that regard. And I really appreciated that. Yeah. So the idea too that you know the the mental health and the mental illness like the depression the bulimia the bipolar some of it does come from trauma comes from death it comes from domestic violence and sometimes this damage can't be healed um and like you said they don't jump away from that idea too um and especially the difference like there's differences there's labels and the impact that these things like nicknames and and bullying can have without fully understanding someone too and on the other hand too like sticking around and making sure um there was that little idea of not giving up, you know, not leaving um, because of those thousand capacities that they speak about too, finding them in yourself. Um, so, yeah, I think a lot to say, and I think they did it really nicely in this one too. Yeah, me too. What did you take away from this one? <laughs> I just I just realised that my one point here, I've already just harped on a lot, but I do think this movie works a lot better if it's not a romantic relationship <laughs> and if it's just a friendship. I think. <laughs> um, Good. I think also, I don't think there was proper romantic chemistry between these two. I don't think that really existed. Um, and it would obviously be going off script a little bit for these types of movies because that is, you know, a big trope of it. It's, it's basically a romantic drama, right? Um, I just think it would do a lot more powerful job of highlighting the core themes of the film without losing much on the other end. Nice. We sort of touched on what I took away too, that the ideas or the themes of Finch practising the breathing underwater. I just thought that that gave such good context for the end of this film too because he was angry. Um, he went to the lake and maybe he was just doing one of his anger moves and holding his breath underwater and he, just, he couldn't hold on anymore. So maybe it wasn't a purposeful choice of, of taking his life. Mm. But I like that idea that there's a little bit of hope there as well, like that it's not just all doom and gloom. You can interpret that how you want, but maybe there, there was hope. Maybe he, he was trying to use a, a method to calm down and get back out there and maybe it just went wrong. What do you Not say about that, swimming to the centre of the lake and coming out the other yeah. side or something? As yeah, well? yeah, exactly. Um, good. All right. So, IMDb, did you go on to look anyone up from this film? I did. Um, his sister Kate, played by Alexandra Ship, um, main <laughs> love interest in Tick Tick Boom. She's um, she's great. I really like her because she was in yeah. Dude as well when she, she was in Dude. Yeah. Is it called Dude? Yeah. Um, Dude I like her. Good. I looked up the friend Amanda played by Virginia oh, yeah. Gardner. Um, was a real familiar face. I think the only thing I've seen her in was she was a character called Marissa in Glee for two episodes, like eight right. years ago, and that's it. So otherwise, just maybe a familiar face that couldn't recognise. But Maybe yeah. it stuck with you. Maybe. Question time. Is there any questions you want to ask me about this? I got a big one. Um, do you think this is a different film if Finch doesn't die? Do you, do you think the messaging around mental health is a lot stronger because of it? 
I think the way that they go about it in this film, because I think in the book it's very explicit that um, like he takes his own life, I think, from what I saw. So I like the way that they did it in this, that they left it. Like they mentioned, they worked so hard on creating a, a message that was meaningful mm. and impactful. So I think that that was really important how they did it. Yeah, I think it's stronger because of it. I, I think as soon as he dies, you're like, yeah. okay, this, this movie is actually really trying to tell us something. Good. Um, I don't have any questions. I, I couldn't think of anything. Oh, that's rare. Yeah. I, I have one question, but I'm going to save it for our social media questions. So yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah I do like that. That's the only thing I could come up with. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so that, we're pretty much done. Crazy. Um, I thought we'd talk we a lot longer, but that's all right. What? Put, let's put it all together. Come up with our final thoughts. Rating out of five. Where are you going to go? Yeah, I think uh, this was this was a real winner for me. It, it it gave me all those feels whilst watching it, and it completely sucked me in. And I have to admit, as you probably know, we're recording this in October, and I'm all in on horror movies at the moment, and trying to watch as many as I can, which I do most Octobers. So I was pretty reluctant to put this one on. Um, so in a sense, this movie, I'm coming from a long way back to enjoy this movie because I'm going, ah, I don't really want to watch a romantic drama <laughs> right now where I'm all in this horror. So it's coming from a lot further back and it still grabbed my wholehearted attention, grabbed it very quickly and really won me over. So it's a job really well done for me. I'm, I'm going to give it three and a half stars. I really want to give it four. But I think it's still sitting at three and a half at the moment. I, th- I think maybe a bit more time soaking it in. If it really stays with me, then it probably would become a four, but it's three and a half for now. Probably. Yeah, I, I, I really like this film too. I think it, I think we, we said this a few times, it felt real. And I think it, it dealt yep. with serious teen issues without relying on, uh, you know, lame comedic moments, which we've seen in a lot of the Netflix original films. Like they try to have a humorous character or things like that. And they didn't have that in here. And I yeah. think that really, you know, makes this film what it is. Because it could have been a disaster. Um, and, but they trusted the leads too. I mean, realistically, really good performances. And I'm like, yeah, this film's almost like essential viewing for your sort of late teen audience. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm giving it a three and a half as well. Yeah, three and a half out of five. That was um, I'm happy. I'm glad we both enjoyed that because these are the sorts of films. Sometimes I go, like I really go into going, oh no, <laughs> we really don't want to watch this. But I was pleasantly surprised. Very nice. Yeah, yeah. And I, I'm, I'm. It's nice to and and like the things that you picked up on don't surprise me. Um, yeah. that they resonated with you. But yeah, it's always these sort of films can can go the other way with you a lot of the time. Yeah, true. Well, we're on socials, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. The question for our social followers, where is your bright place? Where's that that bright place in your life? That's a tricky one to sort of identify. What's the one place that just makes you happy? For me, it's it's Disney World. Like Disney World, if I, if I could go anywhere in the world right now, I'd get on a plane and go there. But like closer to home, like is it on a sporting field? Is it, where is it? What, what gives you happiness in your day-to-day life? Bed. That's a good know. question. And you know what? Uh, yeah, I, I wish I had a. And you know, it probably says something about whether you have a quick answer or not. Because if you don't, maybe you should be thinking you don't about need that it. more often. Well, maybe you don't need it because life is good for you. Happiness yeah. is all around too. Yeah, it's true. But it, uh, being conscious and aware of that is important too. Very true. Well, we're back next week. We've uh, got a, another Hindi film from 2020. It's the thriller drama Guilty. It's directed by Ruchich Naran. It stars Kiara Advani, Akansha Rajan Kapoor, Gopatet Singh Parada, and Tahir Shabir. So that's what we've got next week. 
I love that you leant forward to make sure like you were, you were sitting back and relaxing. We're talking about life and bright places. And you're like, well, I've got to read some names. <laughs> I practiced them last night too. And I still didn't. Do, I was like, I'm going to do it perfect. Still didn't. That's okay. <laughs> it's almost like you tricked yourself. You're like, oh no, it's time. It's go time. It's I'm time. not ready. I was, I was too busy just chatting about this film. Um, anyway, so <laughs> that's what we've got next week. Um, as always, it's uh, it's great talking film. So I'm glad we had a good one this week. It was nice. Thanks, mate. Yeah, it was very, very good to talk about. And I did. I really enjoyed this one. Excellent. And I'll see you next week. See you then, mate.